Hey there team, welcome to episode 8 of the Barefoot Coach Podcast. Today we're discussing, do you need abs to be happy? Uh, now what sparked this, I'd say this is one of the most common goals in the training population and probably one of the most common goals in general from people looking to change some part of their body, um, in particular males, but also increasingly throughout the industry we're seeing females as well. And what sort of triggered this was reading a post by James Smith. thought it read really well and opened up a little bit of a debate amongst the population as to whether abs needed to be held up on such a high pedestal as being so important in today's society as a goal to have. Uh, it read basically like this. So he said, saw a comment the other day, don't listen to James' advice because he isn't very lean, he doesn't lift very heavy. So if you don't know anything about James, he's considered he's an online PT. He said, do you want to know the honest truth as to why I don't have a six pack? I don't need one. I need an iPhone, I need flip flops, I need to force down veggies, count my calories when I get fat and only use transportation when essential or hungover. A six pack is like a Ferrari. It may help you get laid and feel good for a short period of time, but for the majority of people you're trying to impress, they'll just think you're a try hard, make out for a bland personality. The day I say no to pizza for the wrong reasons to fit in with society's norms of what a male physique should appear, even as a PT brackets, is the same I stop is the same day I stop being unapologetically myself. Media and influencers are skewing and fucking with the minds of how a female physique should look, but it swings the other way for men all too often. Hashtag I'm in that dead bod, just be active. If you think I'm not lean or jacked enough to be good enough to do my job, you can go fuck yourself, pass me another slice. So I mean James is very provocative, that's his style, and that's the way that he does business and, and does his content. But he, and he misses a point on a few things here and there, but overall has a really good perspective. And I do like the fact that he cuts through a lot of the bullshit and a lot of the um, fads out there. And I guess I wanted to address this today. For those of you who know me, I do have a six pack and I've had one for as long as I can remember. And this isn't to brag, this is just the way that I've been lucky enough through different habits that I've had and also probably through genetics as well. So couple of things, I've trained and moved and played sports for pretty much my entirety of my life. I've eaten three solid meals a day for most of my life. Didn't always have veggies 90% of the time. And consistently eaten what would consider healthy choices for a lot of my life. I'm lucky enough to have had some great role models growing up. Never really suffered from disordered eating or bouts of depression. I generally manage my stress very well. Drink alcohol maybe once every three to four weeks and very rarely in large quantities these days in particular. Even in my younger years, I didn't really ever exceed two big nights a week with the exception of some footy trips, of course. And finally, I've got pretty decent genetics in my parents. I'm pretty luck- lucked out there. Um, they're both pretty lean and, and both pretty active, and that's just how I was brought up. So this is not to say that I'm always perfect, um, nor that these things should be what you aspire to be, but it does point out there are some things you're gifted with in life and some things that don't happen by accident. And abs or the goal of abs, abs can definitely be those. And the important part to point out as well is that we all have them. They're not, uh, some of them are less visible than others, but everyone has them. So the first thing to consider, I guess, in your quest for abs is what you actually want them for in the first place. The second thing is, is I know I like clear defined goals over vague goals. So what does your idea of abs translate to? Is it lower body fat percentage showing as a thinner waistline? Is it abs separation or the line that goes down the middle? Is it a two-pack, a four-pack, a six-pack, an eight-pack, visible ribs, skinnier waist, loss of tummy fat, or what does it translate to exactly? Is it all based on looks or is it more to do with how you feel overall? 
Um, and then what does that kind of look like? How would you use that newfound confidence? Is it feeling confident to take your shirt off when you go down to the beach or in the gym or to look sexy and naked for your partner or potential partner? Uh, does it have more to do with you fitting your clothes better, really? Uh, do you want one photo to show it off or do you want to look lean around the clock all year long? Do you want to have abs in good lighting? What about in dark, poor lighting? When you're upside down versus standing up? What about completely fasted versus full from pizza? After doing a thousand toes to bar in a workout or versus just warming up? Tensing versus relaxed? Uh, leaning back in extension versus crunching down? After starving yourself versus eating in well-balanced meals consistently? With a tan, without a tan? Um, I don't know. Uh, all year round versus for two weeks of the year? Do you just want to reduce daily bloating? So. Obviously, I'm launching you down the rabbit hole a little bit because the quest for abs is one that I think is super vague and unfortunately one of the more common things. But the problem is that not many people stop to ask what it actually means to them. Getting abs can for sure boost your confidence levels. I'd be lying if I said I didn't um, love having visible abs and it's obviously a part of my identity to some degree. And it probably helps people trust in my advice a little bit more. That's just the reality. It shouldn't be that way, but it is the way it is. I've also learned over the years that they're not the be-all and end-all. Would I tell someone to live my life described above just so that they could have similar results? Absolutely not. If you like traveling and getting boozy on the weekends, who am I to stop you? But the long-term results may not be the same as I've had, and that's simply it. I guess what I'm really getting at here is getting abs is about as vague as the goal as they come. You need to look more into how you want to feel and then work your way backwards from there. The other thing you need to look at is whether it's healthy mentally or physically to want to aspire to abs. Do you know what it's actually going to take to get there? What are the sacrifices you're going to have to make? And when you do get there, are you going to leave a lot of things behind that you didn't get to experience? Or are you going to be miserable even with the six pack? Now, if you're a bodybuilder, you might have very specific goals on how you want to look in certain scenarios, but be warned, that does come with consequences such as body dysmorphia and more potentially if it's not done the right way and with the right coaching and guidance. And always with these sort of goals that I guess don't have clear definitions, when will it ever be good enough? When will you be completely happy? What happens if you can't maintain those results and then you go back to looking similar to how you looked before or potentially worse? What happens if you get to that pinnacle and then you want more and it starts to become unhealthy? So again, the definition is going to be really important as to what you actually want to achieve and then deciding whether it really is worth it. Is there other things you could be working on mentally and physically to get better? Firstly though, let's give you some strategies and explanations on the best approaches to losing specifically tummy fat and the quest for a leaner midsection. Because really when people say they want abs, that's really the goal that we're looking at here. And the first consideration you have to have, especially when we were talking about the, the earlier points, is genetics and body type. Everyone is going to be so different as to how they look. So you could see someone in a magazine and say, I want abs like that, but realistically that is not going to be a possibility based on how you're actually built. So two, two men or women could have 9% body fat and 12% body fat respectively, the guys being 9, the girls being 12, and have very different looking midsections. I've had guys before the exact same body fat percentage as me and saying to me, why don't I have abs? And it's because everyone stores their weight a little bit differently based on either their genetics, how they're built, their lifestyles, 
um, their habits. There's a lot that goes into it than just simply numbers. And the same goes for body weight and all that sort of stuff. I think in the background, people think when I get to this body weight, then I'll have abs or I'll have a certain body type that I want. That's not really, unfortunately, how it works. So lifestyle factors also release or reveal epigenetics. And so your genes always have certain potentials they can reveal based on what your habits are like. Some people actually have more abdominal muscles than others. Some have as few as four muscle bellies and some as many as 12. So if your goal is to have a 12 pack or an eight pack, you may not even have that many muscles uh, to actually show off. So again, it's important to know that, you know, just because you see someone and you think, okay, that would be really cool and look like that, some things just simply aren't possible. Unless you're willing to go down the route of surgery to add more abdominal muscle bellies in, which I would not recommend. The other thing I think one of the common misconceptions is the amount of crunches you do and how strong your core is. And this really has absolutely nothing to do with how visible your abs are. Sure, like, you know, doing a thousand GHD sit-ups might have a really good job of maybe building a little bit of muscle in that midsection and, and strengthening those abs. But realistically, you can get people that haven't trained a day in their life versus someone that's done a thousand sit-ups a day and they may look very different. So if you're doing a million crunches daily, that may not be the most direct path. If it makes you feel good as if you're working towards that goal though, by all means, go for it. The other thing to consider is some people will carry more muscle in their trunk and some will carry less. Strength training will obviously increase the strength of your core musculature and the muscle surrounding it. So if you're looking for a stronger midsection, that's 100% the way to do it. Some people will have an easier time genetically keeping a lower body fat percentage as well. So you've probably heard things like mesomorph and ectomorph. And that is obviously going to play a big role in how visible your abs are. You've probably seen it in those people, those friends you've got that always had visible abs even if they hadn't trained. And so it just depends on your body type as to how easy it's going to be to either maintain abs or even get there in the first place. Now probably the most common one uh, is when we're talking carrying extra body fat around the waist, there's cortisol. It's probably the one I see the most and that involves everything related to stress. And the reason cortisol is so important is it stimulates abdominal fat synthesis. So if you get the balance wrong between your, the amount of training you're doing, your work-life balance, um, how hard you're going on the weekends partying-wise, poor diet, poor environment, poor relationships, all this sort of stuff, there's a lot of factors that come into stress. If you I listened to the podcast last week, all those things adding up will increase your overall cortisol levels, the hormone that gets released. So that then in turn will mean that a lot of your fuel will be stimulated into abdominal fat. It also raises blood sugar by as much as 50%, which increases your insulin resistance, which if you've heard about diabetes, which is a worldwide epidemic these days, is not a good thing. Dysfunction with cortisol also leads to thyroid dysfunction, which is another big one with weight gain. So all these things are designed to highlight that if you have an issue with carrying extra body fat around the waist, there needs to be some things to help create some change in your life. Whether that is you need to do more exercise, less exercise, maybe you need to change your role at work or adjust something there, there's lots of potential strategies and I'd urge you to go back and listen to the previous podcast if that's an issue for you. Another thing that's almost like a bit of a relationship here is that sleep deprivation and weight gain are also linked. Now stress and belly fat are linked stress and obesity are linked, and stress and sleep insomnia are linked. 
So all those things contribute to sleep deprivation, which then unfortunately leads to weight gain as well. So, so it's a concept that I'll come back to in the future. But basically what it's getting at is that if you're stressed, there's a good chance that your sleep's going to be shit. And if you sleep shit, there's a pretty good chance that your, their weight gain may result and vice versa. So everything does affect everything. And cortisol is a really important one to address if you're trying to fix this. So the second most common thing we see with people is alcohol intake and excessive alcohol intake. We've all, especially in Australia, we know the signs of the beer belly or the beer keg as it's referred to. And I think a lot of people don't understand the excess calories that are consumed when you do consume alcohol. So to give you an idea, per gram, protein and carbs will give you four calories. On the other hand, per gram of fat will give you nine and per gram of alcohol will give you seven. So even when you're drinking your carb-free ciders, which for the record are a better choice than the full carb version, if you're trying to lose body fat, you're still gonna be consuming seven calories per gram with alcohol alone. And all the habits that come along with alcohol consumption obviously where the, the ultimate, ultimate trinity of weight gain comes from. And anyone that's looked back and seen those years of heavy drinking and heavy partying, it's probably seen their body changes quite a lot. So a couple of things that come with alcohol consumption generally will be lack of sleep, so which means your circadian rhythms and your sleep cycles get thrown out. As I said before, sleep deprivation and weight gain are very strongly linked. It also will throw out good eating habits. Your food consumption is generally going to be pretty poor to excessive. And, you know, there's the kebabs, there's the early morning maccas, there's the next day where you maybe don't eat great food either. So it can throw a lot of things out and the stress in the body and the liver that has to process all that alcohol as well. So that ratchet feeling that you get, and especially as we get older, we feel it a lot longer, is all gonna contribute to that higher cortisol level that we talked about, a shit ton of extra calories that we don't want or need. And it's important to know, it's not evil, right? We need to go out and still be able to have a good time but it's all about how do you balance those things out. You know, if you're binge drinking every weekend and drinking during the week and your goal is to get abs or your goal is to lose body fat, it's very, very counterproductive. You're kind of pushing shit uphill there and it's not going to work out too well in the end. So you kind of have to make a choice between the two or try to find a better balance to see better results long term. Now, the way you can kind of test to see whether your cortisol levels are too high, coming back to that sort of stress hormone, is you can look at your resting heart rate. A lot of you wear things like Fitbits or Garmin watches, etc., and have a look at your resting heart rate. So somewhere above 70 beats per minute is a pretty good sign that your cortisol levels are maybe too high. And whatever it is you're coping or tolerating at the moment, you're not handling it too well. But what gets really scary and is interesting is that 80 to 90 beats per minute as a resting heart rate double your chance of death, researchers found on 90% tripled it. So it's a pretty important thing to address. And when you consider all the chronic diseases and heart disease and diabetes, all those things, and all the different uh, links with weight gain and whatnot we just talked about, it shows how important it is to be able to manage your stress effectively. Now, the easiest but not always easiest applied rule for body fat reduction is to eat in a calorie deficit. It's quite straightforward and simple, right? Energy coming in versus energy coming out. And that's a completely simplified version of it. Don't get me wrong, this topic is one for a whole nother podcast, but let's look at one of the simplest changes you can make right, to help with that goal over time. And one of the things often overlooked is the little things. 
So look at the most calorie dense things you are eating, right? The bag of lollies, the chocolate, as we said, the glass of wine, soft drink is a big one as well. And look at the, the calorie content per, I suppose, effort or energy required to consume it. So what's that one habit that you can change or tweak? For example, if you're having two or three cans of Coke a day to go with your meals or something along those lines, maybe even a couple of glasses of orange juice to go with every meal, it's a whole lot more calories that you're consuming that maybe you don't need. So it's, and, and you know, if you're eating out, do you really need those chips on the side or do you need that juice or glass of wine, for example? And you might get all fired up and say, yes, I do. I need that to enjoy my meal with friends or whatever. And that's cool. I'm not here to fuck with your fun. But more the goal is if you want lower body fat percentage, and these are things that start to need to come into consideration. Small little sacrifices here and there for the long-term benefit of goals. And, you know, we're talking about abs specifically today, but a lower body fat percentage is going to be a lot healthier overall as well. So all these things need to come into consideration. Interestingly, one thing that is largely overlooked, especially in training populations, is actually under-eating. So if you live a busy lifestyle and are training consistently and chronically under-eating, your results are going to be subpar both in your training and also in your physiological adaptation, so lowering body fat percentage and better, better body composition. So remember that your body isn't silly. It's like it's always likes to find a state of equilibrium and will do whatever it can to maintain that homeostasis. So you entering starvation mode and then trying to absolutely smash yourself with high energy output is generally going to lead to you becoming burnt out, slowing down, and eventually a stress bucket filling up rapidly on a physiological level as well. So I always liken it to being in the ice age again. Your most efficient form of fuel is going to be fat. So when your body is in fight or flight mode all the time, it's not going to build muscle, it's going to store the most energy dense fuel source, which is fat, for the long harsh winter that it's predicting will come. So it's biologically ingrained in us through evolution to store fat more readily and easier. And that's really an important consideration if you are under eating currently. So my advice is to find a good nutritionist or coach who knows what they're doing. Make sure you're eating enough, even in a slight surplus potentially for a little while, to help fix your metabolism, regulate your hormones and hunger again, and get your training performance improving, building some muscle, things like that. Now during this period, don't worry so much about your overall weight loss. Ditch the scales, maybe get a DEXA prior, but don't stress too much about changes in body fat percentage, although you probably will see some. Focus on building muscle and feeling better as the main focus, right? Understanding your food intakes better and learning about what is required to fuel your body in particular is important. And then from there, when you switch to a calorie deficit, start small and you'll be shocked at how much better it works. And this is where that long-term consistent goal comes into mind. Sometimes you've got to reverse engineer things a little bit for better results rather than trying to just hack at it straight away. So for now, think about what some of those excess quick calorie habits are. Seek a nutrition coach if you need a little bit more guidance and start to break things down. Make sure you're eating enough to sustain the exercise, which will help lower your cortisol, by the way. And then from there, you can start to eat in a bit of a calorie deficit that is something that's maintainable long-term and allows you to get down to your ideal body weight or body fat percentage more specifically. So now that may be the best physical approaches, obviously training smarter and better, eating, sleeping better, listening to our stress management, uh, which you can listen to in podcast seven, as I explained before. I can set some goals for the future, and that's a good one to go back to episode one to find out some things that are measurable, and also look at the Mindset Nutrition podcast if you want to hear more about, I guess, balancing 
um, your own emotions and some of your habits around food to help for, again, longer-term progress. Let's tear down some reasons why abs won't make you happier as a whole, because I think this is one of the most important parts. Let's look at some logical reasons. They certainly won't make you a better person. There's plenty of assholes out there with abs. Don't worry about that. Uh, they don't necessarily mean you'll fit your clothes better. So I'm always baffled by the wedding example. I've had this as a trainer many times over the years where I want to lose weight. I want to get a six-pack for my wedding. I want to be as lean and thin as possible. But you're going to be wearing clothes the entire time of your wedding, in particular for the males, a suit. And the interesting thing is that the person with abs versus the person with a leaner waist but no visible abs are still going to look great in a suit. They're probably going to look as good as each other anyway. So the major goal of having abs doesn't necessarily help you fit better into your clothes or look better in clothes, which is what we wear majority of the time. They won't automatically get you a partner. The people you're attracting that only want you because you want because they want abs, well, they're probably people that you don't want to be with in the first place. They won't make you love yourself, at least not long term. And what happens if you can't maintain those results? Then what happens? When will it ever be enough? Okay, like as we described before, there's lots of different types of definitions of abs. What is it that you actually want from it? They won't make you a better athlete or perform better. I can say this categorically. There are plenty of athletes out there or people out there with abs. It is not a determining factor in how well they will perform. There are plenty of people out there with zero abs, higher, slightly higher body fat percentages that absolutely kill it. And in particular, if you look up a, a MMA fighter if you're into the fighting scene called Big Country, it's one of my favorites. has huge amounts of cardio, very rarely burns out, used to knock guys out and he'd walk off rubbing his belly in the end of it. He's a great fighter and super, super interesting entertainer. So has nothing to do with your performance. They won't make you more successful, at least 90% of the professions out there. Think about how many jobs it's a requirement for you to have abs for you to be good at your job. We'll talk about those in a second. Uh, they won't make your kids or family love you more. And that's really, really important. I should hope that not many people out there have married for abs only and your family are gonna love you no matter what, hopefully as well. And if not, well, time for a new family, new loved ones, and uh, new friends. So that's really, really important. And people that do love you only for how you look are probably not people that you wanna be surrounding yourself with anyway. So all those things being considered. Now, if you've looked at all that and gone, hang on, but there might be a couple of reasons for you to get abs. You might wanna be an Instagram influencer. Uh, which I wouldn't recommend. But again, if that's your goal, um, unfortunately I can say that abs do make a big difference to the amount of likes you will get on an Instagram post. Uh, you wanna be a celebrity personal trainer, it's probably gonna help attract the celebs. You wanna be a model, you wanna be a bodybuilder, um, and maybe you wanna sell the ab pulverizer 5,000, I don't know, something along those lines. So again, a lot of those things, I don't wanna say all of them are fake, because that's not really fair. But I guess they're all to please somebody else. And a lot of those, I suppose, professions aren't always made up of something with substance. And they're not always the healthiest thing mentally to be constantly doing to yourself. And some of the unhealthy habits I'm sure a lot of those people could share with you. So I guess in conclusion, what I want you to consider is what having abs actually means to me. 
what is the feeling you are trying to achieve? Because the feeling can be changed almost immediately through work on yourself. The actions that you're going to take and what we talked about before, there are some really healthy reasons to try to reduce belly fat overall, but those actions need to be made for you and nobody else. If you're making that choice for you, you'll continue to make those choices long throughout the years. So ask yourself, what's a reasonable goal for me? And really try to narrow that down. Okay, you want abs, what does that actually mean? Is what I'm basically getting at here. Hopefully I've highlighted that, you know, a thousand crunches and starvation isn't the way to get there. And for just reminding yourself that they're not the be all and end all. Don't kill yourself to get them. You've got lots of other cool shit going on. Cheers for listening in again, guys, and hope you have a great week. See you next week with episode nine.